talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of the Artist Interview. I'm your host, Gordon T, and it's my absolute pleasure to talk to people from the world of contemporary Christian music and worship. And this week, we've got a wonderful guest to introduce to with some fantastic tracks. Uh, some of you, will, oh, if you're in the UK, you're probably already familiar with her because it's none other than Philippa Hanna. Before we meet her, let's hear this first track. It's called Off the Wagon. Keep on driving, keep on driving All the way to beautiful horizons Keep on driving, keep on driving along Well, if I fall off the wagon Won't you put me right back on And that was Off the Wagon by Philippa Hanna. Hey, Philip, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well. I'm so grateful that you're back on the show. Now, it's been a little while. It's been a little while since since we've chatted. And actually, it'd be great to catch up on all the things that have gone on in your life. Oh, I think, I think for example, you may have had a child, for example, which is a big deal, I would imagine. I think you've written a book. You've done all sorts of things. But for those people who don't know you very well, maybe in some of the other countries that are listening, can you tell us maybe a bit about your testimony and your life story and how you came to be doing music with Jesus in the middle of it. Sure. Well, I'll give you the short version and then maybe we can unpack it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a singer-songwriter from Yorkshire in England. Um, I've been making music all my life. I was born into a musical family and had a bit of a tough time in my teen years. Uh, struggled to find my place in life, my purpose, my direction. I, looking back, struggled a lot with my concentration and things and Sometimes I wonder if maybe I've got undiagnosed ADHD. I don't know, but um, it led to some mental health difficulties. And all I ever wanted to do was uh, do music as a full-time job and found that really difficult to get into after leaving school. So by the time I was about 20, I was pretty lost. I was struggling with my relationships, struggling with my sense of identity, feeling like life was very difficult and struggling to picture my future and that led me into a church where I prayed for the first time and God took a hold of my life. And from that point onwards, the direction of my music centered around my faith and my story and my journey in my walk with God. Wow. OK, so out of struggle, you you turned to, to the church and found something there. Yeah, 100 percent. And I never realized that's what was happening. I just kind of made friends with some Christians during that dark period we met at an open mic night, actually. So I met these Christians at an open mic night. They were young, they were cool. And I ended up going to a baptism of one of those people. And that's when I first stepped into sort of a, a vibrant and a live church atmosphere. And I was just so touched by um, the warmth and the brightness of those people and the way they welcomed me. And there was something about the way they carried themselves and looked on life that made me just feel so just so envious I just really wanted to feel that kind of excitement about life and so that was how I ended up going to the concert in inverted commas <laughs> concert which sort of led me to Jesus wow okay so so it was music that attracted you on into the venue that got you to find Jesus in the first place and then you're doing something very similar where actually I, when I was reading about you I was surprised actually at some of the artists that that you've you've um, toured with so uh, if this information is correct that's great if not correct me but Lionel Richie Wet 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 and Little Mix uh, you, you've you been there uh, as the support uh, act for it is that right? 
Yes. Yeah, that's right. So I started my faith journey in 2004. I was 21 and I did a few years of kind of waitressing and making music at the same time, just trying to get up and running with a full-time music career, but obviously needed to make that work. So I was also working full-time in a restaurant and then by the end of, I guess, like 2007 time, I made my first album. I just got busy enough with music to, to leave the restaurant. Had a few years of writing. I ended up working in a studio and writing with some mainstream artists. And that is how I met the promoter for the Lionel Richie tour, which was kind of mind blowing. Um, he saw me play at a local venue and he felt like my music was bigger and broader than perhaps a small church setting or a cafe. It kind of had this reach um, where it would connect with people from all walks of life, which I, I found that to be a huge compliment when he said that. And he said, um, I just think you'd be so great to open for Lionel. Do you mind if I put your name forward? Not thinking it would ever come to anything. And then we got the phone call and we went on the road. And that was in 2012. So from then, like, I guess it just snowballed and I ended up getting invitations to other tours. And I think that's when my kind of journey as a, sort of in the middle kind of an artist really formed someone who plays in churches openly talks about Jesus but also feels really comfortable in a regular venue with sort of the mainstream folk um because that's where I grew up that's how I was raised so I've ended up sort of in that middle ground kind of a career so um, and would you say you still feel you like positioning yourself in the middle are you still wanting to be able to do both sides of things because if i'm honest i would have said well maybe it's because i'm only going to the things where it's distinctly christian so i'm, I'm i see you at spring harvest i see you at big church festival and things like that so obviously that's very much the christian end of things but are, are you still busy working on on the other side of it's not a divide but you know what i mean yeah i think it's just the kind of thing i do on stage because and you will have seen this if you've been to sort of spring harvest or big church is that I talk about my life and I just talk about my journey um the things God's been doing in my life my faith I share a bit of humor sometimes I talk about my journey with self-esteem and mental health and all of those things can connect anywhere really and so I think it's it's not that I've chosen it but it's sort of just chosen me so people will see me at things like big church and book me for their evangelistic event or their community event and so I, I do a sort of like on the, on a broad spectrum I do the sort of Christian festivals then I'll do churches that are like evangelistic events and then occasionally I'll get invited to do something that's purely just about the music and the storytelling and because I was raised on country music I think that I just see that when I look back, God has just completely designed my life for where I am because I was raised in a family where people sit around a guitar and sing and talk about life and make each other laugh. And that sort of found its way into my stage performance style. Um, and it's just because I'm a Christian, that's what I end up talking about. Wow. Well, I've got to say, you're very listenable to when I when I've been in the audience and heard you telling stories. You, you, I just want to hear more. So, um, so you definitely have a gift. Uh, it's it's more than just the gift of the gab. There's a warmness in your heart that really comes across in it as you share your life. Now, you mentioned there about your mental health journey. 
Would you be happy to share a little bit about about that now for listeners? Yeah. So I guess when I was about 13 is when it really started. So I started to struggle with this kind of school phobia. I really didn't like to go to school. And um, for me, I would find any excuse not to go. My parents thought I was being difficult at the time. Uh, Then they wondered if I might be being bullied or um, if there was something going on I wasn't telling them about. But honestly, it was just anxiety. That's the only way I can describe it. I felt anxious in that environment. I felt socially anxious. I felt um, overwhelmed by the the amount of different things I had to learn. Um, Looking back now, I, I mentioned that I think perhaps ADD might be involved in that. I still don't know. I've not had any sort of an assessment. Um, but I just feel that for me, it was difficult. It was difficult being in that large space with all those different kids, um, having these timetables to follow and things to remember. I just found it so difficult. And um, when I was a kid, I loved school and I was like top of the class and I was great at creative writing and music and all of that. And I just started to feel like I was failing all the time and it just produced large amounts of anxiety. So um, I scraped through school, uh, went to college, thought it was going to be so much better because I could focus on music, but just found the change, again, the social stuff, uh, it just overwhelmed me. And I ended up dropping out of college with really severe anxiety and depression. Um, And Although I recovered from that, um, I never quite felt like I'd fully recovered. And so that's where I was at the time I met those Christians and they took me to church for the first time. I would say that I was okay, but I wasn't very good. <laughs> and I was I was carrying a lot of um, feelings of failure from the past. And also just generally feeling a little gloomy about life because life is difficult. and for a lot of the people in my life, they were struggling. They were struggling with their relationships and their finances and addiction. There was a, everything was was um, so negative around me at that time that I didn't have much hope for the future. And so that's kind of the mindset I was in when I first stepped into a church. Well, okay, not 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 an easy place to be coming from. And then you met the Christians who, well, you said you were sort of envious of what, of what they had and the joy and love of life. But it's not necessarily a magic switch, is it? You come to a Christian context, you don't suddenly, all those things don't, sometimes they do, but they don't often just instantly fall to the ground and you walk free from them. So for you, what, what was the process as you started to explore and find out about God's love for you? So when I went into that church, Godfrey Bertel, who's a phenomenal sort of singer-songwriter, quite prophetic if you get what I mean when he sings he's very spontaneous um and he just sort of goes with the flow and I was really engaged by that because I was like wow this guy's like a little nuts maybe but it's so thrilling to listen to and so I was watching him and observing that and then he started singing this song called my troubled soul and it was it was something about that song the words were about casting your burdens onto Jesus and laying it all down and it just sort of touched a nerve I guess so I found myself emptying all that in a prayer to God to come and help me and if he was real would he prove that he's real and take over my life so 
that's how that happened. And then even from the following day, no, my life didn't clean itself up overnight, but I just sort of felt like, oh, I feel like I've crossed into some other realm now. Like, I feel like I was um, in this sort of hopeless sort of state. And now I feel like maybe I'm one of these guys now. I feel sort of different. I feel lighter. I feel like the light has come on in some way. So even though life was still difficult, I just felt this hope and this freedom. And I felt like I had permission to let go of the broken life and pick up a new life. And so that's where I restarted. That's where I started everything from. And from there, I moved to Sheffield because some of my Christian friends lived there. It felt like the right thing to do. I shared a house with some Christians. I started going to church, got involved in leading worship and being a part of the ministry there, which it just filled my life. My life just suddenly was filled with God's purpose. And I, I, it, all the dots joined. It felt like my whole life had been leading up to this revelation that God is not just a story or an option, but he's the way, the truth and the life. And once I'd had that realization, it was like my belief system just came into focus and I understood life to some degree and I could step forward in my purpose. Wow. That's that's a great and encouraging story because actually at the moment, mental health, particularly with young people, has never been worse. As I understand it, in the UK at the moment, there is a pandemic of mental health issues. Some of it coming out of the back of um, having been had kids locked up for so much of the of uh, the coronavirus period, missing school, and all the anxiety that's gone on around that has caused a huge crash for so many people and struggles, which, and some of those are working out struggles with school and all the rest of it, as, as you say, but actually to be able for you to say that Jesus gave you hope that actually the light went on. That's so encouraging to hear. So, and I just, uh, I'm right. You wrote a book called known. Is that, is that, a, that's about identity, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So how, how does identity fit in with sort of the mental health piece? I feel like, there's a couple of ways that it fits in to the mental health piece. I think firstly, the constant barrage of information that the, the internet world presents young people with every single day, from TikTok to Instagram to Tumblr to Facebook, um, it's constant. It's very bright, engaging messaging about what is valuable and what makes them valuable. And it usually translates to how much engagement you get in, likes, follows, shares, and based on how you present yourself, how that affects those things. And so often the most viewed videos are the ones where people look a certain way, they have a certain look. Even the singing videos on TikTok, the ones that are going viral are the ones that have people singing who have a certain sort of look and a certain stereotype of attractive or beautiful. And so we've got this value system that kids are exposed to, which is just quite degrading and very, very difficult to compete in. It's so difficult to compete in that world. And to think that, um, you know, your popularity on Instagram is what gives you your value. It's just going to affect your self-esteem so deeply every day uh, because you can never be as liked and shared as Kylie Jenner. You can never be as liked and shared as Gigi Hadid, 
um, you know, and so you constantly, and even your friends at school, you're going to start to compare yourself with on those levels. Um, and so it's so important to realize that we all have a natural intrinsic value given by God. So this, this book that I've written is really, it's like an interactive journal and it poses questions and it allows you to just journey through those questions with scripture as um, the thing you feed on in that time rather than the Instagram and TikTok and TV. Uh, so it will ask you things about your identity like, um, what do you believe? What are you passionate about? What are your core values? Let's figure out what they are. You know, are you super passionate about um, tidiness or community or punctuality? What what matters to you? Um, and who do you want to be in five years? What what does that look like? Let's dream about that and journey it together with scripture. And uh, it's, it's light and it's accessible for all ages, really. 11 plus is, is what we recommend. Uh, that sounds like a great book. Now, in fact, I'm thinking I might get a copy for someone. In fact, if you're at home and you've just listened to this and you're thinking, oh, yeah, I know someone who could probably do that. Why don't you go to your local Christian bookshop or if you have to go to Amazon and buy the book right now? It's by Philip Hanner. It's called Known and gift it to that person. It's always great to follow God's nudges on these things. So what I'd like to know, Philip, if it's OK, is when someone's writing a book, it often becomes a personal journey as well, I guess. So so you've been journeying with God for a long while, but as you were writing the book itself, were there extra sort of layers of the onion that God was peeling off you? Were there things that he worked on on your identity as well? Absolutely. And the timing of it was crucial. So I started writing the book maybe three years ago and and then I became pregnant with my first baby, Osma, in lockdown. And towards the end of that pregnancy, I had really bad carpal tunnel syndrome. I don't know if any, any of the ladies can relate, but I could not type. So the book had to go on a shelf for six months. Um, literally, I just had to shelf the whole process. And so I ended up finishing the book when I was newly a mum, newly postpartum. So there was lots of identity issues that were coming up for me. My body had changed, my lifestyle, my priorities, everything had changed. And I had to come to terms with, okay, if I'm not the way I look and I'm not my job and I'm not my priorities, my previous priorities, who am I? Like, what's left? What's left when my music career is on hold because of a pandemic? What's left when my entire wardrobe doesn't fit me anymore? <laughs> like, what's left? So it really caused me to ask those deep questions and to try and look for what God says about those things. Well, well, I'm, I'm, the fact that you smile, I'm going to assume that God said numbers of good things that helped you through all of that. But what a lot of changes. Obviously, the whole of your music, you can't go out gigging because it's lockdown. And then you're having a baby during lockdown. Because normally one of the things that happens that I think really helps with that transition from maybe being a normal working person to suddenly having a baby uh, and all and often people are on maternity leave. Some people are on paternity leave, I suppose, but it's um, normal for maternity leave. You don't, you normally can have like support groups and you can take your baby out each week to this and that and different things and different mornings and get together with NCT mums. But it, was your baby actually born during one of the actual lockdown bits where you couldn't go out at all or what stage was that? 
yeah, completely. She was born in January 2021. And at that point, nothing was open, not even Starbucks. The drive-through opened when she was about three weeks old. So we went for a drive-through coffee. Um, but yeah, it was hugely isolating. And also my husband, because of the situation with music and performing, uh, he had to take a driving job. So we'll we'll definitely look back on that part of history and think, wow, okay, we had to change in our entire lives because of, of the pandemic. And I was on my own for a lot of the day. Um, couldn't have any help, couldn't have friends over. Uh, my mum did come over a little bit, but not much. Um, she's uh, She was a little anxious about catching COVID or giving COVID to the baby. So it was just, we were just minimizing yeah. all contact at that time. Um, so it was very difficult. Yes. And thank God we're out the other side now. <laughs> Amen to that. So yeah, I, it's not a topic that we often talk about anymore, really on, on the Aussie interview. It was something that everyone was talking about, but just cause you mentioned about having a baby, I was thinking, man, that's got to make it extra super complicated. Well, well hats off to you and to all of the people who had babies during lockdown. I. I think what an incredible challenging time, but for you, great that you had God uh, still there in the middle of it to, to cling on to, I guess, for, for dear life, because having a baby is challenging when you can get lots of support and help. And without it, uh, I can't imagine what that's like. So um, now we have got another track. So I'm, I'm really enjoying chatting. I could chat all day. My listeners know that I chat too much. I do apologize, Philip, because we should get on some music. So the next track we've got is called You're Still God. Could you tell us about You're Still God? I wrote You're Still God right before the pandemic. So sort of at the back end of the year before the pandemic happened. And at that time, as a family, we'd been journeying some rough stuff. So within our extended family, there'd been multiple divorces. There'd been a, a complete church breakdown uh, with leadership all over the place. Um and we'd found that really hard. You know, my husband and I had felt so anchored in our church and in our family. And then suddenly everybody was like having this huge wobble. Um, and so that was when I wrote the song. And then, of course, what followed was a global pandemic and uh, some other difficult things that happened during the pandemic. Unfortunately, sadly, we also lost Joel's mum at the back end of last year, which was a completely unexpected turn of events and such a loss to us. And um, this song just ended up being just basically the cry of my heart to hold on to God's goodness and hold on to the truth that he doesn't change and he isn't going to leave me. And even though it seems like everything is completely chaotic, he's still in control and he's not afraid. He's still got us in, our, in his hands. So that's why I wrote and released the song. So this is You're Still God. Cause you still reign and you're still God.
and that was You're Still God by Philippa Hanna and we're so pleased that Philippa is with us still for the artist interview. Philippa, thanks so much for everything you've shared, really sharing from your heart and um, clearly not all of it easy either. I bet there's loads of listeners who are relating to some of the stuff and thinking, oh yeah, it's tough. It would be wonderful if you could pray for listeners right now. I would love to. Lord, I don't know what's going on in the hearts and lives of the many people out there right now who can hear my voice. But Lord, you do know what's going on in their homes, in their jobs, in their minds. Um, Lord, there might be people out there who are struggling with loss, um, bereavement. There might be parents who have kids, teenage kids that are struggling like I struggled uh, or people who've been really affected by the pandemic, whether it's their mental or physical health. There might be people out there who are really anxious about what's going to happen in the season to come. And I just thank you that you are such a good God. You're a kind God. Um, you promise that you will take care of us. Uh, you will provide for our needs. You are our provider and you are a trustworthy God. And so, Lord, even though things have shaken so much in the past two to three years, we know that you are unshakable. And so I just really pray that you would bring comfort right now to anybody who's listening, that you would give them supernatural peace. Um, you, you say in your word that you give us this peace that surpasses understanding. So even when everything around us is shaken, we can feel safe knowing that you hold the future and you hold us and you care for us and we can cast our burdens onto you and cast our cares at your feet Lord and so we just pray that right now pray comfort and strength across this land and to anyone listening um and God if anybody is seeking if anyone if anybody out there is um wondering are you real is this real? Is this girl, is Philippa, what she's talking about? Could it be for me? I just pray you would just knock on their hearts right now and that they would feel they can just ask you for help. Just a simple prayer to ask you for help and that you would come into their lives in a powerful way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Philippa. In fact, if you are a person who's thinking, wow, I, I don't even think I really know this God, but I'd like to. Um, there are so many churches that would love to welcome you. Just pop on to, if you're in the UK, pop on to www.findachurch.co.uk and look up a church local to you, or maybe consider the Alpha course. There are loads of Alpha courses starting around now, uh, about now, and they are a course that runs in churches and other people are looking into the claims of Christianity. Come along, you maybe get a meal, you watch a video, you have a conversation, get to express your viewpoint, and together you can find out about the claims of Christianity. It's a really great way to look into it. If you're abroad, on maybe Australia, America, or in Canada, and you're thinking you want to go to church, just contact the station you're listening to this on and ask them to recommend a really good church, because I'm sure they would love to do that for you. Philippa, thank you so much. Uh, it'd be useful, I guess, to find out a little bit about where you're heading and you've, you've you've had six albums um released already over time haven't you and in 2020 um stained glass uh stories came out which had the track we just heard uh, you're still got on it you've got you've got an ep you've got an ep coming out haven't you i'm excited about that because i've i've been very fortunate to hear numbers of the tracks on it uh, and it's coming out in October 2022, which people will be listening to this in October 22, but maybe listening on playback and it's already available. 
Tell us about the EP. What's it called for a start? So it's actually Stained Glass Stories live from the Old Chapel. So we never got to tour or share this music live from the album you just mentioned. And I never even got to be in the same room as the musicians after we recorded. So we really wanted to have a live experience of some of these songs, plus a new song as well thrown into the mix. Um, we just really wanted to share that live together and have a worship experience. So that's what it is. It's the live audio of that uh, live worship set. And we recorded it at the old chapel and it was just so beautiful. And the musicians are incredible. So I'm really proud of it. Well, hold on a minute. Just, just how, how many tracks are we expecting then? Well, let me, let me count now. So I think it's four or five, I think maybe six. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's going to be good, though. It's going to be good. So people should definitely yeah. look it up. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be on streaming platforms if uh, if that's where you go to get your music. Um, so it's by Philip Hanna and it's called Stained Glass Stories Live from the Chapel. Live from the Old Chapel, yeah. Live from the Old Chapel. Okay. Um, what's been your favourite thing about doing it? Definitely just being with musicians again. Uh, musicians are a real breed. I feel like we have a sense of a certain sense of humor and a way of thinking. And um, it was just so lovely to see musicians in their element, doing what they love after being kept at home for so long in isolation. So it, it was brilliant. And we got to add some special flavors to the songs. Um, we have a hammer dulcimer player on the EP, which was, I've always wanted to have a hammer dulcimer player. It's uh, for anybody. No, no, I, I, I'm yeah. going to pause you because I'm, I'm now I talked to lots of people and I'm not sure so what you mean. It's, it's a bit like the inside of a piano. If you imagine the, the stringed part of the inside of a piano um, or mixed with a harp, if you like, but it's played, it's played as okay. an instrument with hammers. So it has this sort of very ethereal, spiritual sound to it. Um and I always, I mean, we had programmed it on the album, but I always imagined what it would be like live. It's so interesting. And it just brings this just beautiful, unique flavour to it. So check it out. That's very cool. And, and quite a niche instrument, I guess, that I, I, maybe I've heard it lots of times, but never knew what it was that was making the sound. But I'm certainly um, pleased that you introduced me to what it was. And could you just tell me, so your, your husband, Joel, is he, I'm right, he's the drummer. He is the drummer. He didn't drum on this EP uh, because having a baby means we can't always be in the same place now at the same time because we have to share uh, the care of our little girl. But um, but he does tend to drum with me. So if you catch us live, you'll usually see Joel on the drums and hear a bit about our our story. That that makes it a nice thing to get to do together. Actually, that's um that's fantastic. So uh, you've got the album, the EP's coming out, but what's God sort of calling you to, oh, you know what we should just mention? At some point, you stopped being independent and got signed to Integrity, didn't you? Yeah. So Integrity are my label partner now for worship music specifically. And it's just amazing having their support. And what I've loved about being with Integrity is having more of a community focus. So working with other artists, writing with other writers, um, spending time worshipping with other worship leaders. I think that's one of the nice things about having a label is that you also get 
like a little family of other musicians. So I've loved that. And I'm looking forward to more of that in the future, more collaboration, um, working together. And in fact, I do think that for this season, I don't know if you were about to ask me that, but that's what I'm feeling for the next season. It's about working together, having community and really focusing on God's presence. Because um, you can have smoke and lights and stages and all of that and great sounding music but I think we need more of God's presence so that's what we're focusing on as a family and that's what I want to focus on in my ministry. Wow I'm going to say that sounds brilliant because you can come away feeling really good from hearing some nice music but you can get your socks blessed off when you come into God's presence so and to have that with great music as well. What, what a bonus. It's, it's brilliant. Something to look forward to. I'm really pleased to hear that. That's um, making me look forward to the next gig even more. So can you tell me, ask me about Dan. Sorry, you're actually going to have to edit something. I do apologise. Sorry, Dan in the studio. He does all the magic. So, Philippa, could, could you just tell me about your personal devotion time? And obviously, you've got a, a young child now. That probably complicates things a little bit. But how do you connect with God sort of by yourself a bit? I can't pretend I'm very organized and people are so much better at this than I am <clears throat> generally. But I take it wherever I can get it. Thankfully, because I work in a church, we have space for that. So um, we have space for personal reflection. We worship together in staff meetings. We, um, we have to study. And so at the moment I'm studying for some material surrounding uh, you know worship courses that we might run at church so I'm getting plenty of time to spend with God and think about the word and and dig in and dive in uh, but I won't pretend I'm amazing at taking rest we do have a holiday booked next week so thankfully hopefully a bit of a reset that sounds good where are you going we're going to Portugal uh, with some friends of ours. Oh. That'd be awesome. I thought, I thought you were going to say Minehead Butlins, but no, Portugal does sound quite nice. Mm. So, um, so yeah, because the weather is turning a little bit in the UK now. It's getting a little bit colder and uh, probably a little bit wetter. So, jumpers. I'm wearing two jumpers. Two jumpers. But, and you're in your new house. So your new house is obviously not as warm as you were expecting. But it, no, because we've got no radiators. Like I'm, I'm not kidding when I said that there was a lot of work to do. Um yeah, we're getting there now, but we've got uh, central heating's not going to be on for another couple of weeks. So okay. jumpers and kind of blow heaters and gas heaters for now. Yeah, I, I feel a slight sorry. I, I remember one time when my wife and I were doing up a house and I was in it in December and it snowed and I got pneumonia. So I wouldn't recommend oh, it. So no. get, get your central heating working before the snow comes in. That's probably a good yeah. plan. Yeah. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM artist interview. Can you tell me maybe a story um, of a thing that's gone wrong? It could be a comical thing, but it doesn't have to be. A thing that's gone wrong when you've been maybe touring, mm. but God's then put it right. Well, when I was on a Norwegian tour about three or four years ago, my guitar was completely smashed by the airline. I won't say which airline. Um, when I arrived at my destination to play the gig, I opened the guitar and the headstock was like that instead of like that. <laughs> it was completely broken. So, yeah, for people people at home who are listening on the radio, it, it was 90 degrees broken off the top. It was properly yeah. dumped. That guitar was going nowhere apart from probably guitar heaven. Guitar heaven. So you got your guitar out. It wasn't going to work. 
And so I had to borrow a guitar for the remainder of the, the tour. Um, and that had its own challenges because the first one wasn't great. And then the next one was okay. But um, all of that to say, I was very sad. Obviously, my lovely guitar got broken. But because I posted about it on social media, maybe this is a good point for social media. Um, Gretch, who's made the guitar, decided they wanted to replace it for me as a gift. That's lovely. It's a great little provision. Yeah. I like that. Well done, Gretch. That's thumbs up. See, that's that's the story that keeps on giving. I'm I'm I love it when just some sometimes people step out and do like a little bit extra. So um so that's that's cool. So so you got that I guess when you got back to the UK. Yeah. So that worked out beautifully. But, but you managed. And, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I lost my guitar, my my whole um suitcase as well on that tour. That got lost. Um. And I remember that, that was it by the same airline that you're not mentioning. It, it was by the same airline, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're so good because I would really find it hard not to like. And I flew X airline, because, but you've obviously forgiven them, so we won't mention the name. Yeah, yeah, no, they they were good. They did their best to help me, but um, these things happen, don't they? So it was temporarily lost. I got it back eventually, but it meant that I had to basically just wear the same. Uh, dungarees for like three days and didn't have any makeup and I remember feeling stressed about it but it, it sort of reminded me that it's not about those things um, and so that also was a bit of a blessing in disguise that I just got to be sort of more casual and just enjoy it yeah yeah that, make, that makes sense my wife and I went, once went to Spain and they lost our bags we were only there for a week and uh, for the first two days all we had was the, the, the airline gave us at the airport a t-shirt and a pair of slightly see-through shorts and that was it so um so so we were we had the clothes we were standing yeah. in and, and just a, an extra little bit of cotton so um so yes it's, it's embarrassing that sort of thing to happen but actually it sounds like you took it in your stride so that's that's great um and can I ask you with regards to the bible um not allowed to choose jesus but which bible character and you're not allowed to call david you're not allowed jesus or david which bible character do you most relate to and why i definitely always loved the story of Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat um and I think I know that it's not a Technicolor dream coat necessarily in the bible but um a very ornate special coat given by the father um I I identified with that character because I think when I was little I because I could always sing um and I was pretty good at performing I was a little bit of a show off, let's say, maybe when I was a kid. And then people turned on me. Like I remember the kids at school being a bit mean and jealous and they didn't like it, you know, when I sort of went to the front to sing and put myself on display. So um, I, I ended up being a bit of an outsider, a little bit like Joseph. Um, not sold to, uh, not sold into slavery, but um, I was definitely pushed out of the crowd, let's say by my peers and and then I've definitely yeah. I identify with like having a long period of being a dreamer and having to believe in God's vision for your life because you you're basically locked in a dark season and I think that's kind of what happens with Joseph when he's in prison but he's got these grand dreams and promises that God has given him he's been promised you know that he'll be a he'll be successful and have a kingdom and all of that so I think, um, yeah, I feel like I've had to hold on to my dreams, learn some humility um, and then learn grace as well. Because what I love about Joseph is that when it comes time that he could be vengeful, 
um, he's extremely kind to the people who've kind of done him wrong. And I think that we should all learn something from that, you know? Yeah. That, well, that sounds pretty cool. You mentioned dreaming. Can I ask, has God ever given you a dream that was like a special dream, like a, like one of those ones where, you know, that dream God has given me? Quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, they're usually very vivid dreams and you wake up kind of still holding the dream. I have lots of songs that come to me in dreams. Um, the song Raggedy Doll came to me in a dream, and um, which is one of my more popular songs about a rag doll with low self-esteem. <laughs> um, and there have been lots of dream songs, melodies particularly. Um, but I also had a really cool dream once that I saw myself walk past and sounds so weird but you did ask it's kind of a weird question yeah no I, 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 that, this, it's an unusual question but i just felt i should ask it i've not i've not asked anyone else that question as far as no. i know so it's specifically for you i remember having a dream that i saw myself walk past and i just felt affection for myself like i was someone else like i, I saw that person walk past and thought actually that person's really nice and really cool and um i don't know it was at the time, I'd been giving myself a hard time, I think, and not liking myself very much. And I sort of woke up thinking, actually, I should like myself a bit more because God likes me. <laughs> so I remember thinking that was a real God dream because it stayed with me for ages. Um, but yeah, I, I like dreams. And I think if you if you are a dreamer and you're watching this, um, write your dreams down because sometimes you'll definitely see maybe messages Maybe uh, you'll look back and see that it could have been a bit of a prayer that's been answered or, yeah, it's worth it. Keep keep a journal. That sounds like a wise wise bit of advice. In fact, I had a dream, I think, three days ago. So I, I, I in my dream, I was praying for someone. Their name's Louise, uh, and they were just overwhelmed by stuff. So if your name's Louise and you're listening to this and you're overwhelmed by stuff, right now I'm just going to pray for you. Jesus, I want to pray for someone called Louise and I want to pray that uh, just right now, Louise will be aware of your love and your kindness and your goodness and that where things are overwhelming, you're the one that comes in and can hold it all. I pray for peace. I pray for just calm, stillness and your love to be in those situations. Amen. Amen. Well, yes, now you've made me seem weird as well, Philip Philippa. So, um, but there we are. So, so dreams. In fact, I'm, I would like to do one more thing, if we may, Philippa, um, before we get to our final track. Because you're somebody who gets dreams from God, clearly, would you be happy to pray for people who'd like to get dreams from God mm. for them to start dreaming? Yes. Lord, um, I really feel that you speak to people through dreams. I think it's biblical, scriptural. I've experienced it. And I really pray that if there's anybody out there who feels they'd like to connect with you in this way, uh, maybe to have ideas or visions um, or inspiration or encouragement, God, I pray that they would, that you would bless them with that gift. And that particularly dreams like the one I had, God, I pray you would give, give them dreams that would help them to realize their beauty and value in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Philippa. Great. Okay, so we should get back to the music, though, shouldn't we? Oh, before we do that, how do people connect with you? If they want to find you online with um, social media and all those other things, which normally pressure, but I suspect your social media doesn't do that. I suspect your social media helps build up and encourage. Where do people go? My social media is all at 
Philippa Hanna, all of it. So from Instagram to Facebook to TikTok, Twitter, at Philippa Hanna. There's one L in Philippa. So it's like Philippians, one L, two Ps, and there's no H at the end of Hannah. So at Philippa Hanna. There's, there's, sorry, there's, there's three Ps three in P's Philippa. Sorry, Philippa, just yeah, correct I you. I know, it's true. My husband the, always says that. Three Ps, two, two side by side. <laughs> Yes, one at the start and then two towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I've had to learn how to spell your name because otherwise I can't find yeah, you on, exactly, yeah. on streaming exactly platforms. So it's important so to know. People can't find you if you don't spell it. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. And, and Hannah, no H on no, the end. Okay, so and, and website-wise? philippahanna.com. Easy peasy. Okay. So the next track, the last track, I'm sorry that we haven't got time for, but the last track we've got from you is called One People. Tell us all about One People. After the pandemic, as we were starting to regather and regroup as the church, we really felt, especially at my home church, that it was just time to be a family again, be a community again, and bring it right back to Jesus. So just gather in simple, humble ways, um, get into God's presence, and declare unity. Because, because we've been isolated so much, because there'd been lots of political sort of discord and things like that going on during that time, we just thought, okay, there's a lot of there's a lot of stirring and negativity, and we just want to declare that we are one people under God, and and pray that He brings us closer to His heart, help us to focus on Him, and that you know, I think where God. God blesses unity. He loves to see unity in families, churches, communities. And so I think it's something we can do to bless his heart. And I think we can also get a lot more done when we're together. So that's what One People is about. Let your church arise. For where there's unity, And that was One People by the absolutely lovely Philippa Hanna. I hope you've enjoyed her music uh, and the story she shared. Thank you so much, Philippa, for sparing time to be with us today on The Artist Interview. And of course, uh, you can go to a local Christian bookshop or look on Amazon uh, to get Philippa's books uh, or her new EP or her other albums. They're absolutely beautiful pieces of work. Uh, and there are many other artists as well. If you'd like to hear other stories from artists from the world of contemporary Christian music, just pop on to your favourite podcast platform and search up The Artist Interview. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Gordon T. I hope you'll join me for the next episode. God bless you. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview.